Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'll pray for you. How many times have you said that to someone over the past year or over the past week or maybe even over the past 24 hours or even in just the past hour? I'll pray for you. These are words that are spoken by Christians all around the world in all different languages with different nuances in each language, but the message and the meaning are the same. Saying that you are going to pray for someone is a powerful thing to say. It's not a small thing to do. Now, see, when you say that you're going to pray for someone, you're telling them that you care about their life, you care about their concerns and their reasons for thanksgiving, whatever the case might be. You're saying they matter to you. When you tell someone, I'll pray for you, it means you're going to take whatever request they have, whatever concern they bring, whatever reason for thanksgiving or celebration, you're going to take that to your heavenly Father. You're going to lift it up to them. As Christians, when you say, I'll pray for you, and praying for someone, we testify to the power of prayer and the reality that we believe in a God who hears our prayers and who answers our prayers. Now, at seminary, as you might imagine, we talked a lot about prayer. Uh, we talked about what the Bible says about prayer. We talked about how important prayer is in our daily lives and in the lives of the people around us. We talked about uh, how specific prayers can be said or how specific words can be used in certain prayers. We talked about going on prayer walks and what it's like to pray with someone. And, of course, we talked about what happens when you pray with someone, uh, the moment that you're invited to pray with someone. Um, not putting it off until later, but rather when someone comes to you and they tell you that something's going on in their life or they tell you that they have a prayer request. Uh, you don't put it off. Instead, you pray with them right then and right there. Whatever the case may be, whether uh, they are extremely happy or uh, very sad, uh, whether it's something that's bringing them great joy or something that's causing them to weep, whether they are feeling depressed or mad, uh, whatever the case might be, praying right there in that very moment. Now, of course, this doesn't mean that the situation is going to change in that moment or at all, but it was still taking action. It was praying for that person. And after we would pray together, when we would depart or head our separate ways, we would use that constantly and wonderfully shared sentiment. I'll pray for you. Can you remember the last time that someone said that to you? I can. Uh, see, over the past year, I've grown uh, much closer to a friend of mine who also happens to be a pastor. And uh, over the past year, we have shared uh, the joys and sorrows of ministry. And as you can imagine, and in fact, as some of you have said to me, uh, when we graduated seminary, we were never talking or even thinking about what it would be like to be a pastor during a global pandemic. And uh, honestly, you could say that about just, uh, you could say that about every profession there is, honestly, because, I mean, none of us were prepared for what the past year has brought us. And the reality is, I mean, even now, we're never entirely sure what the future holds, 
even if it is a little more unmasked recently. See what I did there? Yeah? No? Okay. We'll move on. Uh, see, along with sharing the sorrows and the joys, uh, my friend always makes it a point to pray for me. Uh, sometimes I tell him that I have prayer requests, things that I need him to be praying for. I ask him to pray for uh, things like my mental health or my physical health. Uh, but then there are times where I don't really have anything, and he always makes it a point to ask me, how can I be praying for you? And then he prays right there in that moment. And before we hang up, after he prays for me, he reminds me once again, I'll be praying for you. And the words that he speaks, those words right there are so powerful. So do you remember the last time you said those words to someone? The last time you told someone, I'll pray for you. I'll be praying for you. I am praying for you. Well, what was the situation what was going on that caused you to tell someone to speak those powerful words to someone else? As you consider what that moment was, as you think when the last time you may have said those words, I want to take the next 30 seconds. I want you to pray for that person right here and right now. Let's pray. Amen. What you just did in that very moment is you kept your word. Uh, now, open your eyes. And of course, if you have to pinch yourself or the person sitting next to you so that you wake up, you can do that now as well. Uh, this morning, right now, you just followed up on your word to pray for someone. Uh, maybe you had already prayed for them, but you did it again. One of the most recent times that I told someone, I'll pray for you, was actually this past Wednesday night at our high school youth group meeting online, uh, City Light. Every week before we end for the night, I always take prayer requests and then we pray together. And we pray for everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. Uh, we pray for the food that God provides for us. We pray to get a good night's sleep. We pray that we will do well on our tests and our quizzes, that God will give us wisdom and knowledge, and we will study so that we might do well. We pray that God will remove the temptation to procrastinate from doing our work. And trust me, we pray that one on almost a weekly basis. And we pray for uh, our friends, for our family, for teachers, for peace, for the world, for all that's going on in their lives. We pray for everything. And in the midst of those prayers, after we hang up, we say our verse of the month together. And before leaving, I tell them, I'll be praying for you all. Praying for one another and praying with one another is a powerful experience. And it's one of the ways that God invites us to experience the Christian life together. But have you ever thought about Jesus praying about maybe who Jesus prays for or what he is praying for? I mean, because if there's one thing we know, it's that Jesus prays, but for what? For who, right? 
In John 17, this morning's gospel lesson, we hear Jesus praying. And this is a very specific prayer with a particular subject in mind. See, if you were to look in your Bible, you would see one of those section headings that I point out from time to time. And uh, the section heading over John 17 is probably one of two things. It's either the high priestly prayer or Jesus prays for his disciples. And both of those are accurate. Both of those explain what is happening in this morning's gospel text. Jesus, the greatest high priest, is praying for his disciples. Now, as you probably know, Jesus prayed for his disciples quite often. Scripture talks about many and various times that Jesus was found praying and praying for his disciples. But this morning's prayer, this specific prayer from John 17, comes at a very particular moment in Jesus' life. This prayer happens during Holy Week. Now, I'm sure that probably sounds really familiar to you because it was just a few weeks ago that we walked through Holy Week together. But we're going back today because looking back now, we have a different understanding. We have a comprehensive view of what this prayer means, of what Jesus is doing in this moment. So going back to this prayer, we now have a different kind of perspective having been through Holy Week, and instead we get a glimpse of what it's like to have Jesus' perspective in this very moment. Because when Jesus says this prayer, he knows what is coming. Jesus says this prayer right before he would depart and head into the Kidron Valley and over to the Garden of Gethsemane. This prayer is the last thing that Jesus does as he prepares for his journey to the cross. Jesus knows what awaits him in the coming hours and days. His betrayal by one whom he loved, his arrest, his trial, his beating, his crucifixion, his death, his burial, his resurrection. And yet in the midst of knowing all of this, Jesus is praying for his disciples. The humility demonstrated by Jesus here is unmistakable. In the moment in which he is facing his darkest moments, uh, the moments on his greatest suffering, in the moments leading up to the disciples' greatest sorrow, with all of that on the horizon, Jesus is praying for his disciples. And perhaps what's, even, perhaps what's even more amazing about this prayer, about this moment, is that not only does Jesus pray for his disciples right there and then, but he also prays for the future disciples, for me and for you. Jesus attaches your name and my name to this prayer. In verses 20 and 21, he says, I ask not only on behalf of these, meaning those disciples there, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be one. This is what Jesus does, and this is who Jesus is. Uh, This is the same Jesus who prays to his Father before his crucifixion and will pray to his heavenly Father after his crucifixion. 
And in fact, uh, just a few days ago, the church celebrated Jesus's glorious ascension. And because after his death and his resurrection, when Jesus ascends into heaven and he sits at the right hand of God and he rules over all things, he intercedes on our behalf. In this very moment, Jesus steps in for us. And Jesus knows all the temptations, all the burdens, all the heaviness of our lives that we carry around. He knows the struggles that we experience. His birth and his life offered him a deep resonance with all that we go through in life. His crucifixion carries the weight of all of the sin, of all the shame, of all the guilt on his shoulders. And his resurrection from the dead and his bodily ascension means that he continues to know what it's like to live in the flesh. And yet this risen, ascended Jesus, he sends his Holy Spirit into our hearts to dwell within us. And what the Spirit does is it takes all of our prayers, all of our concerns, all the things that we can't even put into words, and it takes them to Jesus. And then Jesus takes them to our Heavenly Father. The prayers that we say for one another, the prayer that we say for ourselves, Jesus takes them to his Father and his Father listens. His Father hears our prayers and he answers them according to his good and gracious will. He does what is best for us, even if we don't always see it. Because we are his beloved children. And so he takes our prayers And he answers them. So in this moment, right here this very morning, right before Jesus fulfills all that scripture has to say, Jesus is not praying for himself, but he's praying for his disciples. He's praying for me and for you. This morning, Jesus looks at you and he says those familiar words, the words that you have spoken to so many others. I am praying for you. Praying for someone is no small thing. Saying I'll pray for you is one of the ways that we as Christians testify to both the power of prayer and the reality that we believe in a God who hears and answers our prayers. Every one of them according to his good and gracious will. So dear brothers and sisters in Christ, once again, I want to invite you to close your eyes. And I want you to listen to the prayer of the Good Shepherd. Uh, Listen to the prayer of the true vine. Listen to the prayer of the one who abides in you, whose love is in you. Listen to the prayer of Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, as he prays for you. Father, I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you. 
and they have believed that you sent me. I'm asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me because they are yours. All mine are yours and yours are mine and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them and not one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost so that scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I've given them your word and the world has hated them because they, they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. Amen. <laughs> 